Morning, church. Um, as I was vibing out over there, listening to that worship, um, I got the same nervous energy I did when I was about to have heart surgery, um, which might sound a little bit weird, but um, it's a good thing. Right? I, um, yeah, I'm just so excited to, to get it done and get back to normal and just that same kind of vibe, that same kind of feeling of just being in the Lord's presence just hit me right over there. So um, I want to start with a little segue. Um, I haven't even talked to my wife about this part, but we're tag teaming, so I'm doing the start and the finish, and she's got all the juicy stuff in the middle. Um, But I wanted to take this segue because we've been on a little bit of a journey while writing this. So when we first got married, we wanted to save the world, so to speak. And we, uh, we threw ourselves into our work. Uh, we wanted to help everybody. We opened our door to the youth of our church, our family. And for the first four years of our marriage, we were like ships in the night, like literally. You know, and we, we missed a lot, and we didn't get a lot of time together. And fast forward 20 years, and we've got two kids, and we've learned to say no and be okay with it. Um, However, writing this sermon, which is the first one we've ever written together, by the way, um, I found that I was realising that for the last few years, instead of working together, we'd been telling each other what to do. All right, so you go and get Xavier while I sort out Ada was the kind of conversations we would have. And telling is easier, right, but it's not as beneficial Right? You don't grow connection, you don't build trust, you don't acknowledge, you don't honour and you don't value. And it's not as fun when you don't do it together. So if you ever get this opportunity, take it. right? Because it will grow you and it will help you connect not only with your partner, right, but with Christ at the same time. So I'm saying that, all right, we'll move on to our message. And it's pretty simple. But it's something that we kind of need reminding now and again. So we've titled it Following Jesus. Right? And I've got chapter one and it says stop. Right? So when we first make a decision for Christ, we stop. And we think about it. Regardless of where you were, whether you're a nine-year-old sitting in the back of the church with your mother, or whether you were a 25-year-old who finally figured out that God was the right place to be, um, you stop. It might be for a moment, just a moment to pray. But it might be for a lot longer than that. You might question, you might listen, you might talk yourself out of it only to be talked back into it. Right? So what does it mean to wait on the Lord? And Isaiah forty thirty one says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings of eagles, and they shall run and not go weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. This scripture sits in the event centre in our gym. And as a young teacher, it frustrated the daylights out of me. Because I'm a doer. And I want to do now. And I want to get now. And I want to be now. And that scripture has taught me a lot over the last 20 years. Waiting renews our strength. Waiting allows God to give our strength back that we've lost. He fills our tank. He gives us strength that we didn't even know we could possess. 
or even think about in that moment. Waiting allows God to do all of this. Rushing only drains us of the strength we have. It limits our ability to connect and it causes us to lose strength as we're only working out of our own ability and not trusting in him. Mounting on the wings of eagles sounds pretty epic, like something out of Lord of the Rings. Not only will he give you strength if you wait on him, but he will also take you to heights on those wings of eagles that you've never been before, places you've never seen and possibly never thought of before. I wouldn't have thought 20 years ago I would be a teacher, let alone standing up in a church talking to other people. I sound like Darth Vader and Kermit the Frog had a baby. Um, So, yeah, I was quite often really shy of public speaking. Um, Waiting on the Lord allows you to align your thoughts with his. And we all know what that feels like when that happens, when things align and you just take off. You won't grow weary and you won't go faint. So he will sustain you. He will take care of your needs. He will help motivate you. And he will keep you going even when things are hard. When we wait, when we truly wait, we need to be still and we need to listen. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Again, one of those just shush and be quiet kind of things which I struggle with. Being still means to stop talking, to switch off your phone, to stop commenting and just listen, to stop arguing, to stop questioning, to stop trying to get your point across or moan, and to simply listen. To know God means to stop doubting, to be sure, and to have faith. And as I read through my notes not long ago from when I was in hospital, it surprised me how much faith I had. Speaking into this and testifying that knowing, being sure and having faith allows you to draw closer to his presence. Um, Especially when you really need it. He also surrounds you with people of faith that help you find those wings of eagles, sometimes when you can't find them yourself. And finally, the I am's. I don't have a list long enough of all the, all the I am's that God is and how important it is for us to know each and every one of them. But he is almighty, our father, love, alpha and omega, in control, our protector, our king, our restorer. He's ever present. He's our fortress, our hope, and he's our shepherd. So as we move to chapter two, and my wife gets ready to speak, how does that measure up to what the world says? Tag, you're it. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm going to do that classic Mary Martha talk, but it's actually not Mary Martha. Um, it's not the actual story that you would suspect, I guess. So let's just read it. Um, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried about so so many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away from her. I've heard a lot of sermons about Mary, but I've actually never heard one about Martha. And the interesting thing is, is that we live in a day where actually we could all actually identify with Martha. And I'm just going to challenge in this chapter to sit or to serve. What do you think? Should we be sitting at the feet of Jesus or should we be serving? We are to be imitators of Christ. That's what the Bible says. But it also says that we are to have the same attitude as Christ. Um, And we are ambassadors. So we should be serving and we should be sitting at the feet of Christ as well. So should we sit at the feet of Jesus or should we be serving? We've gone so much either way and either end of the spectrum. See, in churches, it's serve, serve, serve. And I'm not bagging our church in particular or anything like that. But we're taught as a Christian, you you now got to go and seek and save the lost, which is very, very well. But let me get you to, to some of the gems that we've got. Have you met a person who has ever experienced burnout in in a Christian church? We've been told you can't be like Martha, busy all the time. But let me ask you this. Is your life busy? Have you got a lot of time? So you can actually be busy all the time. It's just... Is it the most beneficial and is it right and good to always be busy? If we sit at the feet of Jesus, we are in the most honourable place, marked with humility, and it is the right place to listen to Jesus. But once you have listened, it should be followed with an action. I have not heard a sermon around combining sitting at the feet of Jesus and also serving since I've been a Christian. I've heard about um, the Great Commission, but I've never seen it in light of Mary and Martha before. See, Martha, she was doing what she was called to do. She was to serve Jesus and to serve the disciples. So she was outworking what she was actually meant to be doing. Jesus tells Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. It won't be taken away from her. There's a clue in this. Here's a pearl of wisdom. You should sit before you serve. It is here you gain wisdom and direction to serve. But here's the kicker and what we need to be aware of. When we serve, are we serving out of overflow? If I took this drink bottle just so happened to be up here. <laughs> that's, that's good timing, eh? How many of you are operating at this level? In ev- ev- every area of, of your life, I'm not going to get emotional, but probably because I know what that's like, <laughs> especially when, at like 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, 
So how are we, how do we refill this? And you know what? It's actually not our job. It's not our job to over, uh, um, to fill it up again. It's actually at the feet of Jesus where you experience the overflow. So if we're to serve, we actually need to be sitting at the feet of Jesus to allow the overflow to come naturally. We have too many anorexic Christians, this is one of my favorite things to say to people, who have starved themselves of the word of God, who have not sat and decided to listen. The cup is emptying of themselves. It is not overflowing at all. When you listen and after you've spent time with the Lord, your cup overflows so much that you have to pass it on because you have too much But what we need to know is what is actually different is the mentality, different from the mentality that Martha presents, is that it's actually effortless. It's actually just because you've sat in the presence of Jesus, you are actually instantly changed. So it's actually not your work. You can let go of that. When you're walking closely with Jesus, you don't look at the giant You look at the fact that you have the creator of the universe living inside of you. Once you've listened and heard from God, you you actually must go. You must act on your great commission. Remember remember Jesus saying to Martha, what is better? What is better? It's actually to sit at the feet of Jesus. But so is service. We need to realign don't do serve, serve, serve when you haven't sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha was worried about many things. I wonder, like, if her cup was actually full. Just we're going to move to chapter three of our little sermon. Um, and it's titled Staying On Side and What to Do When You Get Offside. We have an enemy who wants to attack us and attack our focus, who interrupts our listening to God and desires us to sit and to listen and listening and and our desire to sit and listen to Jesus. But we actually can't give the enemy the credit. We actually have a responsibility ourselves. We have a responsibility to position ourselves. I've become very passionate about this part um, in my life, we actually have to position ourselves. Mary positioned herself at the feet to listen. She physically moved herself. If we look at the, the disciple John, John the disciple Jesus loved was positioned next to and leaning on Jesus. There's scriptures where he is actually leaning and they call it leaning on his bosom. Did Jesus actually have a favorite disciple? I don't think that's what the scriptures say. The one whom Jesus loved was actually John who said, I was loved by Jesus. It's in the book of John. No, one, no he had a disciple who gleaned from him and positioned himself closely. John was the disciple whom Jesus loved because he knew he was. That because he leaned into and he pushed and spent time with Jesus. We have believed a lie that to have a special relationship with God 
It is only for certain people. It's only for certain people who maybe speak in their church, etc. Wish I could be like that person or have that type of relationship. All it is is that they've actually positioned themselves to hear more closely and intently. What about when things go wrong in life? Um, in Luke chapter 22, 54 to 62, is where um, Peter denies Christ. We know this story if you've been in church for a while. Um, but what we don't necessarily look at is he often, Peter, one of the first disciples called, he often talked with Jesus, and he also was one of the disciples who positioned himself close to him, following him wherever he was. But when, um, but we know that he denied him. Can I suggest that it's Peter's positioning that led him to repentance? If we look at Judas and we look at um, the disciples and the path that they went on, could it be that Peter's positioning and the relationship he had with Christ is what changed it. Physical position and putting yourself in a place to listen, to hear more clearly, we actually have to be intentional. We have to push through. We need to sit with him for a deeper, more connected relationship. So just on reflection, how overflowing is your cup? And my question is, can people recognize that you've been with Jesus? Staying in or keeping your position. We had to add some sport-related stuff in somewhere. So Matthew 26, 31 to 35. I'll tell you the truth. Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three, uh, three times. But Peter declares, even if I die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Peter fails to stay in position. But Jesus already knew this was going to happen. And he knows that we stumble. And he knows that we fall short. And the good news is, he loves us anyway. And that's the cool thing about you know, that, that piece of scripture and just the fact that we can come to him. 1 Samuel 17, 40, and he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had on him. He had a sling in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So this is talking about David. David stayed in position. David backed his training and his preparation. He waited and he had faith that he knew his God. And we all know what happened at the end of that story. And reading further and further into that and why five stones and everything else, there's a whole lot that goes on in there. But he stayed in position. So in finishing, do we need to... Uh, what do we need to do in order to stay in position and receive from Christ? To draw strength from him and to soar on the wings of these eagles and never grow weary and never grow faint. Imagine playing rugby and never getting tired or going for a four-hour shopping spree without getting faint. I do both, by the way. 
I'm the shopper, not my wife. Um, we must first get at his feet. Right? We must first take that time to stop and just be. And that was probably the most beautiful experience I had being in hospital where I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything except sit there and know my God. And it was such a, a lovely experience to have, whether it sounds really weird or not. And um, we must press into him, as Charlotte said, regardless of our situation. The more we press in, the more we clean, the more we build relationship, um, the stronger our ties get and the more we can see and hear from him. We must get into his word. And when we get into his word, we must be expectant. We can't just get into his word and read it for its face value. All right, like Charlotte keeps saying, there are hidden gems here and there are hidden gems there. All right, and we need to be expectant with those. Right, we must connect with others. We must fellowship. We must build those connections, learn from each other and grow. Right, and then finally, we're called to make disciples. So as Charlotte said, after we've sat at his feet, after we've filled our tank, after we've met with others and grown and learnt and, and gone out to make disciples of the world. God is only finished with you when you are finished listening. And even then, he still waits for you. Right, and I know that's a challenge for me and it might be a challenge for somebody else here. All right, but to finish, we need to stop. We need to sit at his feet. We need to stay on side and we need to get in position to do what he's called us to do. Thank you.